Let's turn to Matthew 13 for our scripture reading, if you will. It's a story that many people are familiar with and have heard, and as you go through life, you will probably hear it over and over many times. Matthew 13, and we're going to look at verses 10 through 11. In this, Jesus is giving some parable to the people. And the disciples come, and starting with verse 10, the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Now a lot of people can read that verse in a couple different ways. When we talk about the character of God, what do we say? God is pathfinders. God is love. Adventurers. God is love. And so do you think somebody who loves you would purposely try to keep something from you? No, not at all. So what made the difference? When Jesus gave this parable, the disciples didn't understand it. And so Jesus opened it up and explained to him, and he gave this parable about seed. Now, has anybody ever done gardening or planted anything? Yeah, yeah, you have, yeah. And what does it take? You have to kind of dig the soil a little bit, and, and you have to do what? Do you have to put on, do you have to put anything like, what, what else do you need to do when you plant a seed? You need to water it. Yeah, why do you need to water so, so it'll grow, and you break up the ground so that they can get strong roots. Yeah. And so Jesus gives this parable, and he talks about the seed. And some seed, we're not going to go through the whole thing. I don't want to keep you guys from your, from your lunch too much. And so some seed falls on a hard ground, and some seed falls on a rock, and some seed falls among some thorns, and some seed falls on good soil. And Jesus goes through the parable, and when he's explaining it to the disciples, he compares the seed to what? To the word of God. But yet, did each of the seeds produce something the same? No. What was different? Was it the seed? Was it the word of God different? Or was it the soil and how it was received? It was the soil. It's how our hearts are open to it. Here's an analogy I heard one time that I think may help you understand this. Because many of the scriptures talk about God hardening the heart. It talked about Jesus hardened the heart of the Pharisees. Does that sound like a God of love? It actually does to me, and I'll explain why. It ex did when, when, when Satan, uh, excuse me, when, when he hardened the heart of Pharaoh, did God purposely do that? I hear some yeses. Oh, he chose to be. You see the candle. It's soft. If I, if I take this out into the hot sun, what do you think is going to happen to that candle? It's going to melt. Now, we live near Georgia, and we have some clay up there, don't we? And have you ever taken wet clay and then take it out in the hot and do the same thing and put that wet clay in the hot sun? What's it going to do? It's going to get oh, Wait a minute. Are you going to tell me it's going to get hard? So if I take a candle and it gets melts and I take clay, did the sun change? So what changed was the response, and it was the change of the heart. 
Linda talked about how God uses our senses. And that's what Jesus was doing. He was taking things that we see, things that we can touch, things that we can smell, things that we can hear, things we can talk about, and he used them to help us teach things about God. Because we don't see God, do we, directly? But we can see his love everywhere, in nature and in so many other ways. Turn with me, if you will. We're going to go to uh, Psalms 81. Because I want to show you how, when we study the word of God, how we want to be careful not to limit ourselves to think that this principle where God uses things of the world to teach us is only limited to the parables of Jesus. And sadly, a lot of people think that way. Go to Psalms 81, and we're going to look at verse 13 through 16. Follow along with me. He says, On that, oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I should turn subdued their enemies and in turn my hand against their adversaries. Doesn't that sound like a good thing? And the haters of the wood pretend submission to him, but their fate would endure forever. And I would have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock I would have satisfied them. Now, has anybody ever had honey? Yeah. Does it taste good? Sweet? Yeah. What color is, was, is honey? Kind of an amber color? Kind of translucent? It actually has a little bit of reflective property, very similar to gold. But I have a question for you. Where do you get honey from? But, but God said he was going to feed us out of a rock. I don't know about you, but I've never seen honey come out of a rock. Have you? Ah. Do you think we need to take that principle that Jesus was talking about in the parable and perhaps apply it to here? Do you think we might unlock something? What do you think? Let's turn to Psalms 119. And we're going to go to verse 100 at least. We'll start at verse 100. And listen to what he says. This is David speaking, and he's, he's talking about God's law, about God's instruction on what he wants for us. And he said, I have under, excuse me, I understand more than the ancients because I have kept your what? Precepts. I have restrained my feet from every way. Evil way. Thank you. That I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments. For you yourself have taught me how sweet, what? Your words are to taste sweeter than Honey. So what do you think in that, that, that Psalms when he said honey comes out of rock, what do you think their might, meaning might be? The word of God. And who is the rock? Paul said in Colossians, Jesus is the rock. There's another story. There's actually two stories, but we'll only talk about one today. There's another story that talk about honey. There's one with Samson, and then there's one with Jonathan. And Jonathan is kind of interesting. 
uh, because in the case of Jonathan, uh, his father, they were going against battle with the Philistines. You'll find it in 1 Samuel 14. For time's sake, we won't go there. I'm just going to summarize. And, and Saul, they're going against war against the Philistines, and Saul is so angry with the Philistines, he turned around and he gives an order, and he says, cursed is the person who eats that day. We are going to war, not till sundown. Now, Jonathan, his son, didn't hear about the decree, and as they were going through the forest, guess what was there? Honeycomb. And Jonathan took his rod, stuck it in. When he pulled it out and tasted it, it talks about his, says, his eyes became open. And I don't know about you, but my eyes are open. I don't eat my honey clothes, do you? So what kind of eyesight do you think Jesus was talking about? A spiritual eyesight, a better understanding. And he goes on to say, now I perceive that what my father has done is evil. And so when he comes to his father that night and he tells him what he did, and he goes and he says something that because I have eaten the honey, my eyes have been open, and for that, because of the curse his father did, he must die. God calls us to die. Did you know that? If we take and consume the word of God, it is to cause us to die. But die to what? Die to self. I don't know about your heart, but my heart is very deceitful. There are a lot of things that I want that sometimes I can't say no to. But we need to learn to. He calls upon us to die to self. And that's what he's calling for each and every one. A little bit of honey, sweet in the mouth. Isn't it interesting how these seemingly silly stories, like out of the clear blue, you have, and yet you can pull something so beautiful out of it, a lesson to come. And that's what I'd like to share with you today, adventurers and pathfinders. When you're studying the Word of God and it talks about things like that and you're puzzled and it seems to puzzle you because I'm still puzzled by many stories, always remember this. God is love. He wants you to understand. And you just keep digging into the Word and look for those little connections and you'll suddenly find that what may be like a seemingly silly story or insignificant has a beautiful meaning. And always remember when you're doing that, look for who? Look for where Jesus is. Amen.